When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Week 29 Sky Sports Fantasy Football Preview. Uh, I am Fantasy Football Scout underscore Luke, and I am joined, uh, as ever, by my mate, Niall. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Um, I think a bit of a disappointing weekend for me. Uh, looking at the fixtures, it, it should have it should have been one that propelled me back into the top 1,000, but in the end, it ended up in disappointment and actually fell in rank, as I think you did as well. So, yeah. I did, yeah. Uh, although, the arrows, although the arrows on the screen in front of you will be green, uh, I think they've been green all season, despite the fact that they've mostly actually overall been red. Yeah, that's for morale. That's for, that's for our morale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, other than that, okay. Uh, and obviously got some midweek fixtures this week to look forward to, so... Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think the excitement that I had last week and the week before following the overhaul is starting to dissipate slightly. <laughs> maybe in, maybe indicates that now is about the time to start thinking about making some transfers again. So we yeah. can talk a bit about that. Yeah, because after our last pod, even though we had an idea of the fixtures, they actually dropped, uh, I think it was the Friday, uh, just after our pod. So we actually got dates for them, which obviously it's a bit of annoying as a content creator because you want to talk about it at that time, but you have to go um, earlier in a lot of instances. But now we've got confirmed dates. However, not much has changed really. I think the still the appeal of the same players is in place, i.e. the Wolves and the Arsenal players in particular start to have um, lots of extra games. Uh, Leicester obviously as well, which we'll go through in a bit. Um, as a result, some of the transfer plans may have changed over the, the games that have just gone because obviously we know future dates and we can we can rearrange and maybe tweak our transfer thoughts but um i i did make a transfer this week for example i had david de gea in goal and i was i told you i was eyeing up either ramsdale or Saar. in the end i went for Saar just because the it just worked out better with uh with wolves fixtures i think and i think that's the way we were edging anyway and he ended up actually being my captain on um on the sunday because rafinha didn't start so rafinha was going to be my captain i had no man united because i took out david de gea um had no leicester so it was either Saar or Rafinha. Rafinha didn't start, so obviously it was going to be Saar. Rafinha comes on and scores, but in the end, um, the points difference wasn't too bad because I think Saar actually picked up Tier 2 save bonus and got uh, five points. So not a massive difference there. Uh, my biggest 
issue really was my defence this week. I had my three Man City players, Cancelo, Laporte, Walker. They turned up this week, which is great, but then obviously they conceded three goals to Spurs. They all managed to get um, some sort of tier bonus as usual. And that's the benefit of them. So uh, three points each, so nine in the end. Um, with with conceding three goals each, I mean that just shows the power, isn't it? Even when it's a terrible week for them, they can still do okay. And Trent Alexander didn't turn up either, so the defence really let me down. Bowen didn't do anything. Um, obviously Gallagher uh, not able to play Chelsea, so never going to get anything. Salah captain default. Um, obviously played very well. Unlucky to not get more points. I thought there. Brohar chipped in with um with shots on target again so that's very useful from him and Son did very well for me he got my two assists got me eight points he's been he's picked up points for me every week since overhaul so that's great uh obviously Kane went and scored two goals and got mad of the match so I uh, would have preferred him obviously but ended up with 60 points I don't really know in the grand scheme of things if that's a, a good or a bad score really I felt like it was okay but I did drop like you mentioned and I think I can only put that down to Van Dyke, who seems popular I didn't have I know they conceded but I think he got like five points or something um, and then uh, who else is it Bruno Fernandes from Manchester United he did pretty well and I think he was quite popular in the end because people sort of got turned off Ronaldo didn't he and he ended up getting I think it was goal and assist in the end uh, which was pretty good but aside from that I don't feel like there was anyone particularly big that I missed out from I suppose some people may have some Chelsea players they kept a clean sheet um, there wasn't anyone else that immediately jumped out to me that I was missing but somehow managed to drop a few points but it is what it is happy with my team moving forward made that one transfer and I've got um, another one planned on we're still mid through the game week, I should say. So it's game week 28. We're recording Tuesday. Um, and we've still got Wednesdays and Thursdays games to come. Uh, I plan to bring in an Arsenal player on Thursday, which we can talk about in a bit as well. So probably going to be Gabriel for Walker. That's that's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, how, how did your game week go then? I think it was much the same, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think it was, it was quite a strange one this week. Uh, I, was, I ended up having 12 players in the end because I, I did actually make a transfer myself just with a view to this Thursday's game. Um, so, but eleven of my twelve players scored between zero and five points. So, when that happens, you know you're not going to have a high scoring week. But fortunately, I did captain Salah, who was the only player who scored more than five mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, yeah, so I can go through my team. Allison picked up five points after a, an assist, which you don't get that often from your keeper. So that was a good. No, one. That's amazing. Uh, Cancelo and the Portables getting three points. Van Dijk getting five. Uh, Alexander Arnold. Didn't feature at all, which is a pity because he probably would have done all right. But you kind of expect that to happen at some point. Um, and then Bowen, Ramsey, and I've got Coutinho as well in midfield. So I've got the Villa double up. Mm. They've not exactly set the world alight since I brought them in. Uh, oh, no. three, two, two, three, and four points respectively for them. Uh, and then, as I say, Salah, Ronaldo, just dismal. Terrible performance again. And I'm... So excited to get rid of him this week. Um, <laughs> I think many are thinking that. like that. Definitely, and then and then uh, Rojo as well picking up four. Who's like he's actually been one of the shining lights of my team, being so cheap and um, yeah, yeah, be captaining him on Friday night against Norwich as well. But I did make a transfer on Sunday. I brought I brought in a Wolves defender. Um, everyone's bringing in Kilman. Uh, I don't see myself holding the Wolves defender for the rest of the season. So I just thought, oh, you know, roll the dice and do something a bit different for the sake of doing something different. They don't really pick up passing. There's no immediate standout option. But I went for Sice purely because he maybe has slightly more uh, of a high ceiling in terms of his attacking output. He's more of a goal threat than Kilman. That's the only reason I went for him. Uh, but he is obviously more expensive. So uh, that's why I don't see myself keeping him. But then again, budget's not really that much of an issue. 
in my current structure because I've got Brogia and Ramsey who are just so cheap that it's enabled me to have pretty much who else, whoever else I want across the rest yeah. of the team, which is nice. Yeah, I think Kilman's definitely the popular one just on price, but I think if price wasn't a thing, then Say stands out just with his extra goal threat, like you say, and especially Leicester had a weakness on set pieces that's been going on for most of the season, playing some midfielders at centre-back, etc. So it uh, wasn't to be, but um, yeah, if Sice plays all season, he usually ends up sort of two, three goals, or at least should be have around that amount. So I think Kilman has actually scored this season, but I think he's a bit of a rarity. When I checked their goal threat, I was looking for FPL that was pretty much non-existent across the Wolves, the Wolves back line, but in Kilman's uh, case in particular, it was pretty woeful. Um, yeah, it was uh, so a bit of a strange week, but as I say, we're still not finished. We've still got Wednesdays and Thursdays games to come. Liverpool obviously could be... We're imagining it's going to be full strength there. So you've got a lot of Liverpool players in your team, haven't you? So um, that'll be a big up and down there. I've obviously got Sun for the Burnley game. I think it's going to be quite popular amongst the community for a Spurs player to be coming in on Wednesday the 23rd. Um, and you mentioned Ronaldo there. I think that's probably the obvious drop-off point, isn't it? Unless I've missed something. I don't have Ronaldo myself, but when I was looking, that's at least what screamed out to me. So uh, I imagine Kane's going to be very popular on the on that day to come in for Ronaldo. Yeah, I think so. I think for me, it's time to go, Ronaldo. He's been he's been frustrating, but I think those who went for Bruno, despite the fact that Bruno had done very little this season, you know, a lot of people would have just gone different for the sake of going different. But it's paid off this time, which is which is good. You know, I think clearly it's not gonna it's not gonna happen every time you go different. Um, but there'll be another decision coming up whether people want to jump onto Kane or go to Son. So I know I know you've obviously got Son yourself. Mm. Um, but there's maybe a decision there for those who are in the chasing pack. I think myself, I'm probably just going to go for Kane. I thought he looked back to his best at the weekend. He really and, did. Yeah, and, and and they've got they've got obviously Leeds on Saturday. There is a bit of a concern that he picked up a knock supposedly, but I think Conte said, you know, if he had one leg, he'd still play. So yeah. <laughs> probably says a lot for how much they depend on him. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I'll probably be going for for Kane for that reason. Um, but I can see the argument for going for Son and I think barring the performance that Kane put in at the weekend I think since the overhaul Son's done pretty well yeah he's been great I think Son has just been better than Kane for about two seasons now in terms of just overall performance um, I'll say two seasons last season was it last season Kane had an immaculate season as well but it feels like it's been that long Son was obviously great in that season too so probably more a season that he's been um pretty much the better option but in Sky we always know Kane with the shots bonus the fact that he's, he's a striker um, and Son is whereas in FPL another game Son is a midfielder so there's, you have that appeal of obviously getting extra points and clean sheets and stuff and we don't have it here so really it's just about the price I only went Son just to be a little bit different and the fact that it frees up some money so potentially I could have like an extra premium defender where other people don't and they might be close in score it's just to be different to try and climb the ranks I still think Kane is probably the better pick in Sky overall um, but I think the game does suit them, right? They they love to play Man City. They counter on them. Um, it's very much their style. Uh, obviously, Kane dropped deep, was playing the ball through, um, was able to get on the end of a few as well. You think with Leeds, when they play them eventually, um, I think that's coming up, right? Unless I've completely made that up. They they all look pretty good again. Yeah, that's um, game week 29. So I think that's another game where you could say that would suit that the kind of Spurs style of countering and running the basketball match. But then this this one on Wednesday the 23rd against Burnley, you know, are we going to see a different Spurs? We have seen this a lot from Spurs across the season where they look pretty bad and then they have sort of a great game like this where it kind of suits them. We think, oh, are they back? Are they fantastic? And then suddenly they kind of go, hmm, all right for a little while. I don't know. 
Burnley are obviously not a particularly great team, but do you feel like they're going to revert to type Spurs? Or do you think they'll be able to create all the space or not? Because I don't know, I just feel like Burnley can cope with that sort of uh, offence that they're going to put out. I just don't think it really suits them. Yeah, it's, they're a strange team, Spurs, that uh, obviously at the weekend they, they looked so dangerous on the counter-attack, but yeah. when, you, when they do play against sides that sit in, like your Burnleys, I think we watched them against the Wolves a couple of, couple of games ago, but they just look completely lethargic. Mm. And I do, I do worry about them in games like that. But I'm looking at the upcoming fixtures, and I mean, obviously the Burnley game's not ideal, but I know Kane's got a reasonable record there and against them. Mm. But then they've obviously got Leeds. That's that's a basketball game, as you said. They've just got great games, haven't they? There's almost. I, yeah. think, I think one of our questions that we'll go through in a minute is about Spurs and. You know, even though it's it's easy to get carried away with the result against Man City, and like I say, we have seen them revert to type. The bottom line is the players are very good, the fixtures are good, and they've got they've got the games to move to them, haven't they? And then there's also that side where you look, well, what are the alternatives? If you're not going to go to Kane to Sun, what forwards are you going to have again? We've had this conversation all season. Yeah. Unless you have Broger like just ticking over for four points, there's barely anyone doing anything. So there's there's literally no reason to get them. I think there's a pretty good argument to go Kane and Sun. Have you has, have you considered that at all? Having Kane, Sun, uh, and Broger? Consider it myself, but you took the words right out of my mouth there. You know, if you're not going to have Kane and Salah, who else are you going to have? Mm. So by the time I bring in Kane this week, I'll have Brogia, Salah and Kane. And I think that's probably, if you are going to have a front three, I know a lot of people are having five at the back. I can totally understand that too. But if you are going to go with a, a front three, I, I think that's the way things stand just now, the best front three you can have. Yeah, or, or also, obviously forego Broja and have Son, Kane and Salah if you want to go expensive. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, to be fair, the other one who comes into my mind is... Uh, who we actually started post-overhaul with, Beckhorst, who got a great haul at the weekend yeah. and looks pretty dangerous. And actually, we can talk about this a bit later, but when we look towards the next standalone Burnley game on the 1st of March, my plan was to look to Leicester for that because obviously they've got some good games and a good run coming up. But, you know, Burnley still have some fixtures and, and Beckhorst does look good. So maybe maybe return to, return to him for, for that yeah. game. Yeah, um, he's looked he's look very good, to be fair. It's a bit, a bit, I mean, obviously he's a good player. He's a Dutch international, plays up front. You know, he's going to be a decent player, but it's always the concern as to whether a player that's incredibly slow can come in, you know, for a team play for Burnley and then and then show what he's got about him. You think he'd probably rely on scraps, right? And he and he has been relying on to a, to a certain extent, but he's got really good feet. He's got technical ability. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's a, a very good pick. I mean, him and Cornet together are far away from what we used to from Burnley. I think if they can they can carry on in the vein they are, then those two can still cause some damage. He's just trying to keep them fit. Already both of them have had injury knocks since they've been here. Um, so that that's the main concern. Bentacor looked pretty good for Spurs, I thought. And and in particular as well, um, I can't even say the name, Kulovetsky. Kulovetsky, um, yeah. Yeah, the Swedish guy. I mean, he hit 11 points versus Man City. Um, goal and assist. He's one of those midfielders, I think, that's probably the old 2-2-2 Hall probably um, in that bracket, but he's 8.1 million. So I think in a, in in an area where we seem to be, we always go through these stages, don't we? Where midfielders look good and then suddenly they don't look so great. And I think we're getting more towards the one where midfielders aren't looking great. I mean, Rafinha, yes, he came on and scored, but he didn't start, so he's a little bit concerned with the contract and stuff. Gallagher's gone off the ball. Bowen had his first blank in ages. Now I'm not going to say he's a terrible pick from now on, but he's he's not really got any individual match days and the fixtures aren't particularly great. So I think there's an opportunity if you want to go away from, you know, a 90-something percent owned player if you wanted. So Spurs got good games. I think he could be interesting. He's 8.1 million. He looked a real, a really good player. I can't see, 
I, mean, I think there'll be a, the odd bit of rotation, maybe, but I think he just looks streets ahead of Mora and stuff. And I think Conte will want to play that sort of Sun, Kulowetsky, Kane um, front three from now on whenever he can. So maybe an outside shout there for a player that people haven't considered. Yeah, I think there possibly is a case there to start thinking if you, you know, where you can make these gains. There are going to be opportunities, clearly. There's lots of games still to rearrange. And if you're sitting on a good number of transfers, there, are, there will be opportunities. So that, I, I would urge against kind of forcing forcing your hand at this stage. Um, in but, fact, there's a question on that now. So should we move to them and then we can cover yeah, that? Yeah, let's, 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 let's go straight up to that. I'll, fin- I'll finish point quickly on Bowen. I, I think looking at the fixtures, you could probably find a way of moving Bowen on. And actually, I think what I may do is take Bowen out after he has the the single game against Wolves and bring in a Leicester player for that. For that, that was my plan too, was game. to move Bowen onto Madison. Not because I don't believe in Bowen, but like I said, to just I need to differentiate myself. I think it won't be that different. I think a few people will probably do that, especially if he blanks again. Just the nature of fantasy football. And if someone's blanking, suddenly you think, oh, get rid of them. But I do maintain he's a great pick. He's just been ridiculously good, hasn't he? I have no doubt they will carry on to score and assist on occasion. But West Ham seem to be hanging on in games at the moment, don't they? They seem to be getting the results, the odd one or two goal, but um, it's, a, it's a far cry from the first sort of few weeks at the beginning of the season where they were absolutely relentless and hitting four or five. It feels like you can get away with it a little bit more given those fixtures anyway. Well, you think of how well they were playing at the start of the season. They had you know, four or five players all going forward who looked brilliant. I mean, where, where, where is Antonio compared to where he was at the start of the season? Yeah. Ben Rama, Ben Rama's always been away for a little bit, but he's, he's not exactly set the world alight since he's come back either. And he hasn't done for months. So there's a, like, there are a few players in that team that were doing ripping up trees at the start of the season, and now basically just seems if Bowen's not scoring and creating, they're not scoring. Mm, very much so. Um, so I'm a bit bit worried about about them. Um, but yeah, I think you know I'm not worried about Bowen, but I'm worried about West Ham. Um, but that may have a knock on impact on him. So I could I could see there being a case for those who are maybe part of that chasing pack to look to the fixtures. And there will be more fixtures, I'm sure, to come as well. There's talk about potentially an extra Chelsea game being the Chelsea game against Norwich, which at the moment is scheduled for a weekend that may get cancelled if they get through in the cup, which they look likely to mm. may get moved back to game week 28 in, in FPL. Yeah, which... Which I think is early first... I think it's the second week of March, so the same week as the fifth and sixth fixtures, which is game week 13, Sky... Um, yeah, and there's the which, Arsenal game as well, right? Which it could be, I think. I've seen, I've seen talk about that. Yes, yeah. So it could be either. So there could be potentially extra Chelsea games still to be rearranged. And I think at that point, you know, even someone like Jorginho, possibly or Ziyech, who seems to be playing well just now, there's. I think there are, are options for for people to think about moving. But as I say, at the moment, there's no harm in holding, and you definitely don't need to force force the issue. Um, yeah. But let's move on to the question because as you say, I think there are some relevant questions on this so yeah remind me when we um, get to uh talk a little bit about differentials and being different i've got a few names actually alongside the um the swedish spurs winger i'm going to call him so i don't want to say it wrong uh, i've got a few other names to float to float out there as well okay i look forward to hearing them i'm maybe chipping with a few of my own uh so sam Betts. i think this is the question you were referring to so sam is asking do you think it's too early to move away from the template to try and make up ground he says, just for context, he's second in his mini-league. He's 100 points behind first. He does have 18 transfers, which is double the guy he's chasing. <laughs> okay, so let's. I think we can answer 
the the more generic question first, then we can talk about his specific situation. So, look, do you think it's too early to move away from the template to try and make up ground? Um, I think in general, yes. I think I talked about this before, where if you just ignored everyone else and you played optimal, you would make up ground on most most players in the game. So I think in that regard, if you're not focusing on a specific person or whatnot, then you just play optimally and you, you play boring and you no doubt go up the ranks. I say boring, it's it's the right way to play, really. So there is that. I think if you can throw maybe one or two differentials in there, maybe, or maybe go for one slightly different captain, not not just to be different. You know, if you've got Salah and Trent on a day, but stuff like that that we've talked about in the past, there's no guarantee Salah's outscoring Trent. He's just as good of an option on most game days. So, you know, you don't have to go crazy. But I think stuff like that, you, you can do every now and then to maybe catch it. Um, so I'll just, yeah, just to answer that part of the question first, I'd, it probably is a little bit too early to start going mental, but maybe, you know, Five ten percent, you might factor in, or might do something a little bit different here or there. That's yeah. probably where I'd put it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, like, I mean, I think I'm in that situation where I'm trying to gain ground, but it would be silly of me, for example, not to captain Salah against Leeds at home. I'm not. I'm just. Mm. I'm just not in the business of doing that. Um, and given the fact he's second in his many league, yeah, he maybe wants to win it, but finishing second, if you've if you've given all you all you have, finishing second, you know, it's no shame in that. Um, not that I'm saying he should settle for a second, but what I am saying is, look, I think if you think you've got transfers in hand over the rest of the game and your team is pretty much set, there are going to be a lot of games still to be rearranged and there are going to be huge fixture swings coming up. We've already seen this week that if you bring in a Wolves player uh, for a Manchester City player, or if you did on, on Sunday, I think with the captain, it was looking like a six, a, a seven for two, actually. Um, if you include the captain against Arsenal, it'll still be a six for two if you move on Thursday. Um, so, like, epic fixture swings like that are, are to come. You're going to... We talked a little bit about Chelsea. They have Their number of fixtures have been um, impeded in the last few weeks because of the fact they've been at the Club World Championship and just the way the fixtures are lying. So there will be a chance, I'm sure, to, to jump onto them. And Leicester as well, we pointed to. So looking at those individual match days where there's maybe a, a player that's more highly owned by the rest of the game, but just because they're highly owned doesn't necessarily mean they're the best option. Mm. So I, as I say, I'm going to come back to that Tuesday, the 1st of March, that Burnley-Leicester game. I know that Pope will be the highest owned, and yeah, there's a chance that Pope could end up being the best player on that night. But do I fully expect Burnley to keep a clean sheet at home to Leicester? I don't think I do. I think so Leicester in, score in most games they play is the bottom line. Yeah. They, they might be dreadful defensively, but they usually find a way to score, don't they? So the hope is that so, they wouldn't get a clean sheet for, for us non-Pope owners. That's it. And, and also, if you look at possession-wise, maybe Telemans, if, if Leicester are going to score and win the game, you may pick a bonus. No, th things like that you can look at and think, well, if most people are on Pope that night, and if you don't have Pope, you can maybe go for a Leicester player instead. Mm. Um, appreciate if you've already got the cover for that game, you may just want to write it out and focus on elsewhere. But the point of the matter is, look, there are going to be chances. There are going to be many opportunities. There's a long way to go yet in the season. So 100%. don't do something that maybe puts you, you know, for 150 points behind rather than 100 points behind. No, and you can, easily, you can easily do that in two weeks for making silly decisions. Well, this is it. The other point I was going to add is 100 points in this game isn't much. You know, if you if you get that right captain and he makes a mistake or you do go for a Cancelo over a Salah on one day, like the differences can be like 40 points. We've seen it already this season a few times. Like if, it, if your captain hits a hat-trick 
or in you know it's Cancelo hits the works with all the bonuses, a clean sheet and a goal or something, you're just you just fly. You get forty points straight away, and you can make those that ground up, um, especially with eighteen transfers. And he says he over double his. So that suggests he's got under nine. Now he's going to struggle towards the back end of the season. Like injuries are going to start happening. There's going to be change in form. There's going to be those fixtures. You know, the league at the moment looks like it's a lot closer as Man City losing, but we still don't know for sure that it's going to be um, competitive towards the last few weeks for certain teams. You know, not necessarily just Man City and Liverpool. There could be other people who are already down and, you know, people are on the beach, as they put it. There's all sorts of stuff to come. So, again, I think the quality of the opponent he's chasing factors in here. The fact he says he's 100 points ahead, you think, well, maybe he's really good. But then he says he's got, you know, less than nine transfers. I would suggest that maybe... That seems a little bit lucky to me. I don't think many of the top players would have that small amount of this amount of time. You know, maybe that's me being big-headed there, but I feel like um, that suggests that um, you know the quality of that first person has relied a little bit on luck there, or just gone really early, and you know that's that was his game plan. But there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, if the if the transfers were completely different, I'd say yeah, you're going to rely on a few captains there maybe, but over double the transfers, surely he's got a chance. Surely he's got a chance there. So yeah, just stick with it. I think is the message. I'm going to name a few players I think at some point that I think are, are options but that doesn't mean we just jump straight into them now generally what I mean on that is to monitor because um, a lot of them are midfielders that have rarely been considered in Sky up to this point so we'll, we'll get to that at some point as well so maybe you can take one of, one of them perhaps and just looking at some of the individual match days to come I know you mentioned the fact that you have brought in Sa and you're, you know, you're going to have coverage for that Arsenal-Wolves game but you did say you were thinking of bringing an Arsenal player in is that is that something you're going to do? Yeah, so I'm probably going to do Walker to Gabriel, I think. Walker was always my flexible move uh, in in my defence um, because I feel like having an Arsenal and a, and a Wolves player is good and I feel I feel it's good just moving forward. They've got extra games, haven't they? And it's um, he's, I think he's the best option from Arsenal, to be honest. So um, that's why I've decided to do that. And Walker is not probably as nailed as we think um, anymore in the Man City team. I know there's been other underlying factors, but... Um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's occasionally in and out, and obviously Man City lost versus Spurs. Usually when Man City lose, Pep's not too happy, you know. So if suddenly Walker's to blame, I think the whole defense was ropey in that game. He could, I think, he could easily just drop Laporte. Diaz was pretty poor in that game. Laporte was poor. Walker was exploited quite a bit as well, um, as was Cancelo. Um, so you just never know with Pep, do you? So I just kind of don't want the headache anymore, and I feel like I should just move to Gabriel. It looks like a solid pick. Yeah, and, and I suppose he'll be a differential captain, probably one of the best captain options on that night and, you know, a chance of getting passing bonus too against Wolves. And if you look at the number of games left between now and the end of the season, apart from Burnley, I think Arsenal have the joint most. So while they don't have, unlike Wolves, Wolves have obviously got the fixtures stacked in the near term. Arsenal will have more more fixtures, but spread across the, the medium to long term. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think personally I was... I think I'd prefer to have an Arsenal captain. I'd prefer to have Gabriel captain, frankly, over Kilman or one of the Wolves defenders, I think, this week. But just by virtue of the fact that they've got so many extra games, that's what's pushed me towards Wolves. Mm. Um, but if you're making a decision like taking out Walker, who you know you want rid of for the rest of the season, then someone like Gabriel, who could tide you through all the way to the end of the, the, end of the season, might not be the worst shout at all. Mm. Yeah, cool. Cool. Okay, moving on. Uh, FPL Hambone says, talk to us about Everton and Newcastle assets. Are we all just hoping that St. Maximin will be fit for that single match day? Hmm. Okay, well, I'll give you my take. So I, I, when I saw that fixture, that was the one that I think everyone probably looked at when the additional games were announced and thought, oh, well, that's going to be, that's going to be a transfer because 
very few people actually own any Everton or Newcastle players. Yeah. Um, neither neither team seems to have a standout option, apart from, you could argue, he's mentioned St. Maximum. Sorry, my cat is going crazy in the background. If you hear extra noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, apart, apart from probably St. Maximum. But if you look at the fixtures, there's it's not immediately obvious that of a good chance to jump on to, to any of these players either. So I think that's that's going to be a real, real part of the challenge. Um, I think the good thing about St. Maximin is he's obviously a midfielder and, you know, there are players around that price point that you could jump off of and then jump onto him. But again, the question is, is he going to be fit? So I think what I'd probably advise you doing at this stage is actually just wait until the night and just see the lineups and bring someone in. I think you're yeah. accepting you're accepting that if you do want to cover that game, you're probably going to be making two transfers because I don't see myself wanting to hold a Newcastle or an Everton player for the rest. Well, of the I was season. going to say to you, have you not? Are you not considering just ignoring it? I think in my situation now, no. I think if I was, if I, let's say I was flying high and I maybe only had five or six transfers left by or by that point, I'd probably skip it. But it's an, yeah, it's another opportunity to roll the dice. So I think I probably will do it. Um, maybe could bring in maybe you could bring in someone like DCL well I was going to say my, my plan at the moment is either to ignore it if we get there and I'm not happy with what I've seen and I I, I think the rest of my team is fine then I'm just gonna gonna leave it I think it's one game at the end of the day really that, that needs covering for a captain and you, it's, he struggles to pick out a captain in this game at the moment yeah if set maximum's fit and he's playing he, he can obviously get man of the match but he's, it's not like we're talking about someone who's prolific here at the end of the day and um, it's Newcastle I mean they're f still fighting for their lives there's no guarantee he goes absolutely you know, ham in this game but I think the obvious one is Calvert-Lewin still I know he's been pretty dreadful since he come back they actually play Watford's um, the game week afterwards so it's not it's not necessarily a single move obviously Watford's a pretty damn good fixture as well I know it's a way to Watford but it's still one of the better fixtures in the calendar. Um, so it, it does pass my test of, you know, is it just for this game or could you hold them for a little bit? I think you can hold them for at least two, maybe more. So I think I'm just going to judge it when I get there. I've got Sun in my team, right? And as you can see, I've put it on the screen here where Spurs play Brighton just before it on the Wednesday. So I could maybe move Sun to Calvert-Lewin for a couple of games and then move back to a Spurs player um, because Spurs, I've got West Ham, you know, when Everton have got... Watford so I feel like Everton's game's a little bit better there so it maybe makes sense for someone to move from say a Kane or a Son temporarily to an Everton player for a couple of games and then maybe move back or move on to a different person and daisy chain it but I, at the moment that's all I can really see obviously Gray's back from fitness now and I know we haven't been the biggest fan of him but he's done all right he's 7.8 million in midfield so maybe at that point there's a midfielder that you, you think is a pain and you can go to him um, Trippier was the one that I, I liked and obviously set maximum stands out but I, th I think it's, we have to wait at the end of the day um, and, and just have a look on the night, like you say, and, and see how we feel about it. Because I, I don't think he's going to be massively covered. I don't think everyone's going to panic and cover them. I think that some people, especially if they're on the lower end of transfers, are just going to ignore it. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think I think it's probably one of those games that if you are struggling with transfers, you, you, you'll you'll just skip that. And it's probably not worth it's probably not worth the risk of two transfers if you've only got you know six or seven left by that stage. Yeah. I think if you're sitting still with double figures, it's going to be mid to late March. If you're still sitting with double figures, then I think it's worth the roll, roll the dice. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see when it comes to it. I think right now my view is leaning towards St. Maximin, 
but waiting to see on the night. And to be honest with you, if most of the game is going to be on St Maximin, I, I, I do fancy Everton just maybe watch them between now and then, see how much better they look. I think yeah. they've looked a little bit better under Lampard, and if they look like they're more of a free-flowing goal-scoring outfit, then maybe return to return to the DCL well. Although the last time <laughs> I did that, I got bitten big time. But I think that was probably the, that was probably the first thing that spiraled my uh, season, my, my fate this season. Yeah, yeah I had a great start. Pre the, pre the first overhaul, we got off to a flying start and then early on after the overhaul had brought in DCL for that infamous uh, exactly benching slash mysterious Rafa injury which said he was going to be out for a few days. It ended up being about six months. But, yeah, <laughs> but there wasn't even any indication that he was out, was there? And then suddenly no, the room no, was built no, and no. suddenly he's out for like half the season, which is annoying because we all picked him on overhaul. because of the yeah, nothing at all. No, but, I, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, apart from the goalkeepers, which are always options in single match days, I mean, Dubravka and Pickford, I don't think particularly they're great goalkeepers, but they could easily get a haul on this game week. That you know That's a, a common theme in Sky. Maybe there's an option to move to a goalkeeper at that point. Wouldn't hate that because at the end of the day, they can sit, up, sit there and pick up save bonus. I think both of those are going to get save bonus nearly every single game they play in. Um, but yeah, it's Gray, Calvert-Lewin and St. Maximum, isn't it? I don't see any other option there, which does sort of help it in terms of narrowing it down. Like I've talked about it before, where there's some teams got seven different options where I don't know who's going to score. At least you've probably got, well, which team do I think is going to win? And then I've only really got two options from Everton for an attacking sense and one option from Newcastle. So yeah, anyway, we've probably spent enough time talking about that that individual game. Let's wait for it and see what we've got, basically. Hi everyone, just taking a break here to mention this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's a better H-E-L-P. We all know that everything that's going on in the world is putting a strain on all of us and reaching out to speak to someone is a good idea uh, if you are struggling. BetterHelp is an app that can help improve your mental health and you can match with your own licensed professional therapist within 48 hours. It provides a secure online platform for professional therapy who have a broad range of experience and this might not always be available locally to you. Uh, it lets you do this from your own home through video or phone sessions at times that suit you. You can even log into the app and send a message to your therapist 24-7 who will reply with a timely and thoughtful response. Note that it's also more affordable uh, than traditional offline therapy and there is financial aid available to you too. Uh, if you don't get on with your therapist, you can change therapists for free. Note this is a US app, but there are clients worldwide, over 2 million of them, uh, but do bear in mind of the time differences if you do decide to sign up, uh, you can visit the website, which is betterhelp, betterhelp.com. Uh, you can check out the reviews, betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. Uh, there's people who said that they love it because they hate going uh, places and they don't feel comfortable um, doing so, but they, they've they you know felt really good doing it through BetterHelp. Uh, other people have said that they're quick to respond to their messages, kind and understanding, and they feel comfortable opening up. Um, over the app without a fear of being judged so if you like the sound of that you can get 10% off your first month just go to betterhelp betterhelp.com forward slash scouts that gets you 10% off your first month and you can join all the people uh, that are using the app yeah um, right okay, moving on so FF Nichols he's asking should he take out Coutinho or Bruno for Kane slash Son so maybe Kane and or Son Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's also saying that he wants to pivot to a Chelsea defence soon Bruno out would enable this but it does feel mad to take him out after two hauls against Coutinho's none good question yeah. I, I personally if I was sitting with Bruno uh, I, I'd, I'd be quite happy 
that he's done exactly what I wanted him to do. But I think now, looking at their fixtures, things do start to turn. I know they've got Watford, but then after that, they've got a pretty sparse run of games and the games are tough. So, you know, I'd maybe hold... I'd maybe hold Coutinho for now, just because he's got more games. I'd probably take out. I'd probably take out Bruno, personally, and because that means you're going to open up the budget to be able to bring in the Chelsea defence as well. Uh, and you should be happy that you've had Bruno because he's done better than Ronaldo, and most people were on him. So yeah, I think I'd make the move and bring in bring in Kane. Uh, depending on your position, if you're trying to if you're way down the rank and you're you're trying to chase, then possibly bring in Son. Um, but I, I think I'd go for Kane. What do you think? Yeah, it's t- it's tougher than it should be because. Bruno's been doing well and Coutinho's been in nothing. So I do I do understand that. But just purely based on the fixtures, um, I know, like you just said, Man United are home to, to Watford. But then straight after that, they're away to Man City. I mean, I can't see them getting anything from that game. Man United have been playing a lot better of late. I know that they've not been getting the results, but in terms of their actual performance, they've actually looked pretty good. Bruno in particular has looked a lot better of late and Sancho's looked a lot better as well. Uh, Ronaldo still can't hit a barn door apparently, but the other two have looked good at least um, and then they, then they play home to Spurs which again at the moment doesn't look like it's an easy game and then they're away to Liverpool I mean you couldn't really ask for three harder games um, after that Watford one so I think you just play the fixtures don't you and Coutinho can have the extra game we keep talking about this Villa getting extra games and it just seems to not ever happen but it is going to happen eventually um, so yeah I'm with you I would I would keep Coutinho keep the faith Um and I would sell Bruno and I would get Kane. I think that's the play. And then, you know, if Bruno, if Coutinho is just continuing to not be an option and it was just a, a, a fleeting, you know, um, flip back to romance and him being absolutely fantastic for about 20 minutes in one game, then so be it. We bring Bruno back in and we admit our mistakes because, I mean, Bruno's been better of late, but let's not forget he's been very expensive for a pretty poor asset overall. And I still don't think the manager 100% knows what he wants to do in terms of the formation and setup. It's looking a lot better of late, but... Um, you still got the Ronaldo issue up front. You know Cavani's still out, so he could change the dynamic at any point, really, where he he just flicks it, flicks it about. I do think, and I, I said I'd talk about some differential midfielders, and I don't think he's really a, a sky pick particularly. But Sancho has a looks a lot better. I mean, does he tempt you at all? I know maybe not for these three fixtures, but in the future, if he keeps playing well, does he tempt you at all to come in as a cheaper option to Bruno Fernandez? Probably, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Just looking at Man United, I, I, I'm struggling to see the need when I want to go back to them. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's a while until their fixtures get better. And at the moment, in the medium term, short term, medium term, they've not really got any extra games. So I'd probably wait and see. But yeah, I mean, possibly. I don't think I don't think I'd be rushing to go to him though. You know, oh, I think it's one of those. Ronaldo's going to be the most owned. I think even even now, even that he's done pretty badly in comparison to Bruno, I still think if United have got some single match days to come. Ronaldo will still be the highest stone, probably followed by Bruno. And if you want to be, you know, another, if you want to go for another differential, you've got the hair. So I feel like if it was a situation where Sancho was the only alternative to Ronaldo, probably, but I think if I'm going a bit rogue or, you know, going for the differential play, I'd probably go for Bruno. That's right. that's just my view. Let me just throw this at you from the, so I've, I've got the stats up from Fantasy Football Scout at the moment and I've only done it from overhaul. So bear that in mind, it's an extremely small sample. So you shouldn't take too much from it. It's three weeks of, of games and obviously we haven't even finished this game week. So done expected goal involvement for midfielders, at least midfielders classed in FPL because that's the way it, it shows it here. So there will be some names that are a bit different for Sky. 
But in terms of expected goal involvement, uh, Sancho is currently the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth highest player. Um, and some of the names that are above him include Bergwijn, because it's per 90 this is. So obviously he's come on and had a chance in the two minutes he's played. So obviously he's, he's not factored in at all, really. Jota, who's out injured as well. So the names we've got above him at the moment, right at the top of the list, we've got Raheem Sterling, just over one. Uh, he's a striker in um, in Sky. You've got Mares, who I think I've mentioned a few times now, and is looking as a good differential at 0.99, obviously with the penalties as well. So he's a differential name. I know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, and this is where I was going to bring my names out. We've got Foden, we've got Gundogan. Now, none of these names, so these are the, the top performing, at least in stats in the last three weeks, midfielders that I don't think anyone's got in Sky. Um, and, you know, they're, they're outperforming a lot of the, the other players. And obviously, strikers haven't really been scoring either. A lot of the goals come from these kind of players now. You know, the Sterlings, the Mahrez, the Foden, the Gundogan. And then we've got Mane and Sancho, who are right up there as well. And they're differentials too. Mane's a striker. Um, Sancho is a midfielder in Sky, right? I haven't completely confused it. That's how much I've ignored him all season. I'm pretty sure he's a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of midfielders, we've basically got there Mahrez, Foden, Gundogan and Sancho, which are, are quite a way above quite a lot of the others. Like I say, it's only been three weeks. We've got Fernandez doing it down at not, uh, 0.54, which is significantly less than Sancho at 0.75. So it looks like from open play, he's he's a real threat of late. I I don't think the timing's right with you. The fixtures are too bad at the moment, but it's something to bear in mind. I think see, see more prolonged data, see how long this lasts, um, and then maybe in the future, some of these midfielders start to look options. But against Everton... Um, you know, if you haven't got a Man City midfielder in your team and you fancy a punt, you know, Sterling and Mares and stuff are just, I mean, Everton are dreadful at the moment, right? And these are players that not a lot of people in Sky own. So I feel like you could actually make a move there and be a little bit different and potentially yeah. be handsomely rewarded. We've already seen that in the weeks gone by. And we Sterling's hitting hat tricks. Mares has been ticking over really nicely. So they are temptations. Uh, no, I agree. I, I think, I think particularly the Man City guys, I, I, I'd probably be more likely to go there than I would be to go for Sancho. I take the point though, it's, it's you know, clearly some good numbers. But, yeah, I mean, I'm lo- looking at that single match day they've got against Crystal Palace. Obviously, most people will be on Cancelo. Mm. But Palace's passing stats are generally pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think home. Cancelo's been playing so, slightly a different... He's been very much like a winger in the last few games. He's been pushing right up and, and you're not getting as high a passing numbers as you'd expect because he's not really been involved as much in the build-up as in coming inside and playing in the centre midfield role. He's been more playing more of an attacking role in the left wing, which is obviously good for goals and assists. Better, arguably, but slightly worse in terms of passing. His numbers have dipped as a result because he's less involved in the build-up and more involved in the end of play. And, and I think that's where Sterling looks... You know, he looks quite a potent threat at the moment for Man City and... Obviously, Sully got that huge haul against Norwich. So I, I like, I'm not saying I'm not saying to people who are doing really well that don't bother captaining Cancelo on that single match day where he's going to be no. almost 100% owned and 100% captain. But it might not be the worst idea in an away game against a team that does keep possession where you know you probably will still pick up passing bonus but it's not guaranteed yeah this is what you said about people being you know with the question before about how different you want to be i wouldn't advise to do it but me sat at 2k rank have i got anything to lose by bringing in mares and just hoping he goes on a nice run not particularly because i'm not bothered where i finish unless it's first place for the money at the end of the day so um i think is i think someone like that might be a decent option but it's finding the entry point. City haven't got the extra games. You know, there's other there's other things at the moment that are more top of the agenda. But it wouldn't surprise me if Mares was to outscore a lot of these guys from from now to the end. You know, now for six weeks or whenever you pick to 
to start gauging it. But just just thought I'd throw some out there that are not traditionally Sky players, and for good reason because they're not 100% nailed on. But um, they seem to have improved in that area. Man City have had a few injuries, so uh, yeah, food for thought anyway. I like it. Okay, let's go back to some of the questions that we've got. So um, Neil SkyFF21 is asking. Hi lads, would you advise to jump onto the Chelsea block? Would you would we advise that as early as we can? So on the fifth, uh, which I think is the game they play Burnley with no fixture gain, or wait until the thirteenth against Newcastle. He says, keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Neil, uh, and thanks for listening. He, I think he's he's onto something. Obviously, we've talked in the past on this on this podcast about making a big shift to Chelsea. I think it's something I'm I'm almost certainly going to do. Unfortunately, we're still in that position that we were last week where we're not able to actually give you a full picture because we still, as much as the fixtures came out last week on Friday, there's still rumours on Twitter from people who are much more qualified than me to answer this question that there is the chance that Chelsea may get a fixture rearranged. So it could be that the Norwich game that I think is currently scheduled for the 19th of March or the Arsenal game, which is currently needing to be rescheduled. I'm going to ask you um, a question. I know it's been your plan to move there. Chelsea haven't yeah. looked great. The fixtures are good, oh. but Chelsea haven't looked great. We've been burned already. Is there any temptation to say, do you know what, I'm not going to go back there because they're just not going to perform? Or do you think that's irrelevant and we just jump on anyway? I mean, I think I think it's just, the, I think it's the sheer volume and the quality of the games. So if you look at the run they've got, so we've obviously talked about there could be an Arsenal game to go in, but they've got, so Burnley... Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton, Leeds, West Ham, Everton, Wolves. That takes you all the way to, and then Man United, Watford. They've got an unbelievable run of games. So I think that's what's pulled me towards them. They're obviously still going to have a lot to play for as well. Um, you know, they're not clearly challenging for the league, but they'll be right in the mix for top four. They'll be wanting to push as close as they can to that top top two. So for me, I, I do I do still see the appeal. Obviously, they played against Palace at the weekend. I'm pretty sure that Rudiger and the main defenders picked up passing. Mm-hmm. So they kept the clean sheet there. The proof that they can do it. So I'm 100% st- behind you now. I'm 100% still, behind I you. Still think, yeah, I still think like, if, you're, if you are in a position where you want to you chase, I think most people, even if you're not chasing, most will go for yeah. a Chelsea game, or at least one. Yeah. But I'm thinking I'm probably going to jump into three. Well, this is it. I thought I'd ask the question because I know that's going to be a, a question on some people's lips. Like, you know, at the end of the day, they've not looked particularly good um, and they weren't particularly good previously when we loaded up. So it's always in the back of the mind. But can you let these things affect you when you're making decisions for the future? The past is the past. I'm not sure you can. The games are too good. Like you say, there's extra ones to go in there. The Arsenal and the, Nor- the Norwich one could move, but the Arsenal one, um, which, yeah, it's a pretty tough game, but it's an extra game. And you've got Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton, Leeds, West Ham, Everton, Wolves, Man United, which is in a tough fixture, at least at the moment, and then Watford. The run's just too good. It's 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 too good to ignore. And I think you can ignore them offensively. So another name that was, wasn't on my list there, but you mentioned briefly, is Zayek. He's, yeah. he's another name where he's almost like Sancho, isn't he? Where he's obviously an expressive winger, wasn't particularly nailed on to start the season, comes with a massive reputation, Um and both of these guys have started to perform, I think, in recent weeks and look like they're more nailed. So they're kind of very similar in that vein. You wouldn't normally go move to these guys in Sky, I think, because you just worry that if they don't score or assist in a game week, they're getting two points. But he's another option, I think, that you could look at. Um, 
to be different. However, the obvious names, such as you mentioned, Rudiger, is just, I mean, I can't see any world where I don't get Rudiger back in, basically, if that run is a minimum. I think we talked about the goalkeeper. I think he could be an option at that point. And then, um, you know, from there on, the injuries, we're not sure to Reese James, but I think he should be back soon. I think he's going to be popular again. Um, you've already mentioned the, the centre midfielders are obviously good options. Jorginho and stuff are just passing. Wouldn't particularly go there myself, but I think James, Rudiger, the goalkeeper, are obvious shouts. And then if you're willing to take the punt, Thiago Silva looks good as well. So, yeah, yeah, I can't see myself not moving there. And I think that's where I'm going to, at least in terms of my tactical transfer, because I don't have a huge amount left. That's where the bulk of my tactical transfers will probably start to come in after I move to Arsenal, is to, is to start steadily feeding Chelsea players into my team, I think. Um, and, and, so, and actually, thinking about Thiago Silva, I'm just looking at Chelsea's recent games. This is his minutes. 90, 120, 90, 90, 90, 90. 90. Yeah. And yeah, incredible. The last, yeah, the last kind of rest he had um, was when they played in the EFL Cup and he came on as a sub. So, like, I think he's he's, he's probably more nailed on than anyone's given him credit this season. And I, I just bet what'll happen is when everyone jumps in the Chelsea block, they'll jump on Rudiger, James, and uh, probably Mendy of, of, of those that we've talked about. And Thiago Silva will end up scoring, getting man of the match, passing mm-hmm. bonus. You yeah. need it. My my only my only worry with him is as ever is when champ he's clearly in their best team and Champions League as we get to the later stages they're going to want him for that so when you've got three games in a week pretty much um, you know and they are they've got an easy fixture run so do they need to play him against Norwich for example I don't know which I haven't looked at which games next to the Champions League but you get you get the point Norwich Brentford Nor- Newcastle whoever it may be that's the game before yeah I think he's in the frame to 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 leave out but not necessarily like you say he seems to play a lot more than we think. Um, and there's always the game state, right? If they suddenly, if they win the first leg three or four nil, which you know some of the Premier League teams seem far superior than some of the other teams at the moment, especially in City's case, then you know you can't you can't sort of pre-plan this and think, oh, they definitely will be needed for the second tie. It could be that they can rest him in that. Um, so yeah, I still think he's a good option. I think he's great, and I think regardless of the form, the fixtures, the quantity of them is just too good. And if it, if it doesn't work out, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I'd make the same decision every time, given the same position um, again in the future. Yeah, yeah, and, and just to answer Neil's question about when to jump on, so I think there is still a decent chance that the just after the weekend of the fifth and sixth of March, so um, the, the midweek, probably between the, around the tenth, eighth, ninth, um, there is a chance that they could get an extra game. So I think if that drops in, I'd probably be looking around then to make that move. Um, depending on the other team's fixtures around then. So possibly you could take out, maybe even take out Pope if you wanted to and bring in the goalkeeper. Or yeah. you, know, you could you could think about routes around then. But I think until we get that fixture, if it is going to come forward, we should probably know on Friday this week or, or next week, the absolute latest, because the, the Norwich game moving, if the cup, uh, if, they win, if they win in the cup, then... I think that's when you decide, but yeah. at the moment it's unclear. But certainly for me, it'll be somewhere between Burnley and that Newcastle game. I'll I'll be I'll be loading in on Chelsea, and I'll be doing it early as soon as I get a sniff that <laughs> people are starting to go. I'll just go really early and really heavy because that's when you can make your gains. So that's my plan. Yeah, and I do think um, Liverpool actually play Brighton on game week thirty-one early on the Saturday, and then Chelsea play Newcastle on the Sunday. So if the extra fixtures haven't dropped in, 
I think a lot of us are carrying Liverpool, you in particular, Niall. I'm not suggesting, yeah. like, you know, come off of Liverpool. They're obviously great as well, but there is an avenue there to move them. And Liverpool's fixtures immediately, like away to Arsenal and stuff, are not great around there, I don't think, particularly. Um, so I feel like, you know, away to away to Arsenal, home to Man United is the next two, for example. Then they play home to Watford. Yeah, that's great. And then they play away to Man City. So three of those four fixtures aren't particularly good. So I think there's an obvious move there to maybe take one of your Liverpool players out and move it to a Chelsea player. I can't see how that wouldn't work out. You can always go back, of course. Or, or yeah, I think I think it's right. I think I think I think it's just that once we've got that absolute final clarity that hopefully we'll get we'll get soon, then we can start to map that out. But yeah, definitely in, in early March that we're making those moves. Um, okay, and then I think the final question we've got here is from Johnny White, who's caught is got a great uh, username on Twitter, Haggis Herder. He is uh he's to you there, is he? There's a good a good name. Um he is asking, he's asking if, if Kane and Son are essential. Um and he's asking a second question, which is what do we think would be a reasonable transfer count to have by the international break? So we talked a bit about Kane and Son. What do you think? I mean, essential maybe feels a bit strong at the moment. I'm, I don't know. Don't. I, th- I think I think it's close. Just simply on the basis that who else? It's like who else would you even get in the striker role? I, like everyone is going to be on one of these guys. I think. I personally think there's no debate. Like Spurs have got the individual match days and they've got better games and they look some of the better options for the strikers in Kane and Son than than any of the others. So essential in terms of I think they're going to score loads and loads of points no not necessarily but essential in terms of everyone else is going to be on them and they're probably the best pick I, I guess so yeah I, I think they probably are um, because this is the nature of the Sky game isn't it it's, like we said about trying to be too differential you probably want to cover at least one of them because it just looks the correct decision on paper so I hate the word but I feel like it's close I feel like it's close to that Fair enough, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, look, I think they're important to have. I, I, don't, I don't know about essential. Essential for me is like everyone's going to be captain. Salah, Salah's and, essential. Yeah, right. Salah's yeah. essential. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not essential. reaching. It's not reaching those levels. No, you're right. It's 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 a step below whatever that would be. Yeah, but but I mean, ultimately, the Leeds game coming up this weekend. There's, I, I think, a good case to captain one of them in that game. Yeah, I mean, if they could put in a performance like they did against Man City and Leeds attack like Man City, well, they won't attack like Man City do, but at least try to come out and attack, then there's every chance they can do very well. So, yeah, you can see it. Fight, and then I think the question he asked is uh, the other question was how? What do you think? What do we think would be a reasonable transfer count to have by the international break? So. The international break we're looking at it now, I should know this because I'm actually going to the game. Yeah, so it's after the Sunday, the 20th of March. Which, so, which game week's that in Sky, do you know? So in Sky, I can just check. 32. So that's it? game week 32 yeah, in Sky. Yeah, of course, that's where I did up to because yeah. that's where that's where we got fixtures at the moment up until that point in Sky and we haven't got the TV ones past that. Yeah. So so there's eight, game, there's eight game weeks to follow that. Um, but obviously there'll be quite a lot of single match days within within that eight weeks. I suspect, you know, there aren't actually that many fixtures yet to be arranged. I think there's still so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but then there'll be some more that get moved because of the FA Cup. So they're probably you're probably looking at a few a, a, a sprinkling of extra games throughout that eight week period. So for me, it depends on it depends on the question, right? How many transfer, how many you know, do you need to survive? I think probably six or seven, maybe, to serve to absolutely survive. 
in that last eight week spell. Yeah. I don't. I bare, do not bare minimum. Bare minimum. Yeah, bare minimum. I don't think you'll thrive with that number. I think you probably to thrive. I think you probably want maybe twelve or thirteen. Um, so somewhere in between those two numbers, I think would be would be yeah. pretty reasonable. Uh, but again, a, a lot can change between now and then. But I'd be, I'd maybe you know I'd maybe be targeting dub, double figures, um, and then you know if you can save a transfer here or there, having a few more going into that period would be would be good. Yeah, I think ten's a good number. I think uh, I always apply the one per game week rule as a general right. So eight game weeks, eight transfers. I think that's okay, but. There's always periods of the season we talk about where we might need to use a, a few more transfers, that being maybe the very beginning of the season when things are settling, probably the Christmas period, and then right at the end when teams are on the beach, the leagues won, there's different things that start to happen, and like you say, some rearranged fixtures, some double game weeks as a result of cups, stuff like that. So I think just going a couple over that, like you said, to double figures up to 10, just gives you like a nice number to sort of aim for. If you can have more than that, then obviously fantastic. I wouldn't hoard them just for the sake of hoarding them. I think you know as well as um as well as uh making sure you've got transfers is is that you spend them correctly as well because if you have too many come the end of the game they just become a little bit less useful i think if you if you walk into that game week and you've got 20 you, know, you get to that point and you've got 20 transfers left or something yeah great you can have some fun for the last few weeks but it probably means you've used them suboptimally up to that point you know the chances are that's the case so i think i think 10 to 12 is great 10 is fine obviously if you end up on eight you know i don't think it was the worst but Ultimately, we can't answer a lot of the stuff that will happen there because who can see into the future and see, you know, where people are going to be in the Champions League and how many injuries we're going to have. We just don't know, right? So, so ten feels a nice little number to me that feels pretty good. Yeah. Should we move on to this week and what we're going to be doing? Yeah, let's do that. I don't think there's much to cover. I think we covered it in um, a lot of the other pods, and it's pretty clear cut. Let me bring up the fixtures. So game week 29 in Sky. So we kick off with Southampton Norwich. We've both got Broha on our team. So it's just Broha captain and no transfers for me. And I'm assuming the same for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely same for me. And then, so I suppose the midweek games that are still to still to come as we record this. So we've got the games tomorrow. But I think everyone's going to be on Salah. And then the Arsenal-Wolves game, you've already said you're going on Gabriel. And I'm mm. on, as it stands, I'm on size. But... I just have a quick question for you on that Thursday game. So at the moment, I've got Allison in goal. And the original plan for me was to take Allison out and bring in Sa for that. But given I've already got coverage of Wolves, what do you think about making that move? Do you think it's a bit, bit of a luxury transfer that maybe doesn't need to be made? The plan would ultimately to be to go from Sa on to Mendy. Right, okay, so do you add in Saar before that or not? Wolves games are great, aren't they? It's tough because Wolves have got West Ham, Palace, Watford, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Newcastle before 32. So they're good enough where I feel like you probably get extra points at that and he does make saves all the time. But worth a transfer when you're going to go to Mendy if that is your plan? Probably not because Alisson also does well for saves Um, and you've got coverage like you say. I don't know. That feels a little bit vanity to me. I think that does it does it help you in terms of the cash freed up as well to do any extra moves? I suppose that'll be my other question. You don't plan to do any others with yeah. that extra money saved? Not not really, no. So I guess that it probably is one of those vanity transfers. But I'm just looking at it now. So like you know, from Thursday until the twelfth of March, it is a four for one in favour of Wolves. And I probably would prefer to captain 
Sa, I say, yes. I say yes then. If it's four to one, the fixtures are good four to one, and you've yeah, you got a captain in there as well. I, I think yeah, I think yes, given that information. Okay, there we go. Well, I'll be holding you to account when you get when you get the point. <laughs> now Alison keeps clean sheets. I'm just trying to um, sabotage you so I can finish above you now. That's all. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So yeah. So that's these these fixtures. Then we talked about Friday. You're going to be captain in Brogia. I'm going to be with you on that. If I think you have, probably if... be. If you have nobody, if you have nobody, you're looking at this and you think, I've, I've avoided it all to now, do you bring someone in for this game or do you not bring someone in? I think you do. Yeah, I think I think you do. I think this is a good chance for it. I think Southampton all of a sudden look good. Yeah, and, and the, the fixtures after Villa, Newcastle, Watford, Burnley, yeah. Leeds. So again, fits the thing of it's not yeah. just a single guy. It's not just a, an option for the sake of the option because Brohar and Ward-Prowse are very good fantasy options anyway. And they've got good games. I can't see any argument why you wouldn't get someone in. Basically, I think you, I think you probably would have to do it. Totally agree. Games are good, and the, and the good thing about Warprouse and Broja, particularly Broja, because of how cheap he is, you can hold them. And just leave him in there for the rest of the season. He's going to be great value. And same for Warprouse as well. Really, never Warprouse. Yeah, they're both yeah. good value. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think either of those are good options. Um, I. Do I was thinking? I think. Do you think we'll be in the minority with with Broja rather than Ward Prowse? So. I think most people will probably go for Ward Prowse. I think so. Ward Prowse is a more traditional sky pick, isn't it? And using a striker and a, che- a cheap striker is not the meta thing most of the time in Sky. I feel. Um, so yeah, I think I think Ward Prowse will probably be more more captained and more coveted. But in recent weeks, the swing has very much gone to Broja. I think a little bit in terms of just the general performances on the pitch. But Will Prowse, you're basically after that 30-yard free kick, which, yeah, can come any game because he's so good at them. But that's what you're after for the cherry on the top because it's, you know, the passes and tackles. He he does get them, but it's not always guaranteed with him, is it? So it's um he's sort of on the edge a little bit. Whereas Broja, he, he picks up shots every game. He, he's literally picking up bonus every game, even if he doesn't score. Um, and I think Norwich is a really good game for him to be honest. I know Norwich have been much improved, but it, that feels like more of a Broher game to me. At least I hope so. <laughs> At least I hope so. Um, well, yeah. fingers crossed for both of us because be, we're probably <laughs> in desperate need of a haul. Um, okay, yeah. So moving into the weekend then. So I, I've, I think at the moment, I'm, I'm, the more we've talked about it, the more I'm tempted to throw the armband on Kane for that game against Leeds. Okay. Just Leeds watching them against Man United at the weekend—they're just so open; it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, and I and I could I could see that being a perfect game for Kane and and probably Son as well. So I think it, for me, I'm leaning towards towards Kane for that. But obviously, Cancelo will inevitably do well against Everton. I do, you know, maybe there's a chance that because Everton are playing a bit more openly now, they'll probably concede a few against Man City but they might score probably wishful thinking but I, I do think I'm going to go for Kane yeah I'm not sure Everton can score I mean they've been extremely open as well so it feels like Man City could bang a few goals in that um, my only concern with Cancelo is like what I mentioned before he's playing more of a left winger so with the passing and normally I'd have said passing and tackles would be assured even in an away game for Man City like this but I'm not 100% sure that will be the case here. And that's usually the thing you can rely back on, Cancelo. So really, you're probably... The clean sheet, yeah, that's great. If you can get a goal or assist, it could be great. I think I'm still on Cancelo. I think I'm still on it. And um, he still probably looks the best option to me, just about. I mean, I've got Sun in my team. If I had Kane, would I be more tempted by Kane? Maybe. Maybe, because he's got the penalties as well, hasn't he? And there's that added factor. Um, You've got Man United at home to Watford. People sat here with probably still with Ronaldo and Bruno in their team. 
I mean, there's going to be a little bit of differentiation on this day, I think. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of those one of those ones we've talked about before. You know, if you do, if you are sat there with Son, Kane, or Ronaldo, maybe this is one where you roll the dice. Yeah, you and know, if, if you if you if you own Cancelo, you know, if you, which most people do, you know, you, you really need a massive swing for it to really be that impactful. You know, at the end of the day, if you captain Kane, he gets a goal, and Cancelo gets a goal and a clean sheet. You're not missing out by that many points just by taking that risk. So rather than take the risk with the players that cost you transfers, maybe it is the captain here or there. So yeah, if I'm sat at 2K, am I, am I, by captaining Cancelo, which I still think probably 78%, if not more, of the top players will probably do, am I really achieving yeah. too much? I mean, maybe I do go for Sun, and maybe I'm talking myself into it as well. Um, so yeah, I think uh, there's still going to be many more of these weeks to come, as we've discussed, but I think every time Salah and Cancelo are playing, they're always the top picks, and you always have to. There's going to be very few weeks where you can justify someone else, right? And this is one of them where I think you probably can. I mean, Bruno Fernandes could easily do fantastic against Watford and be the best pick. You know, I don't have him in my team, but some people will have. Um, and Kane's son fit into that category as well. So there's, a, there's at least a debate. I'm currently on Cancelo, but it might, I might end up doing son. We shall see. Uh, and then moving on to Sunday, you've got West Ham against Wolves. It's the only game. I, I guess every man and his dog will be on Bowen, unless you're planning on going for Sa. No, I, I don't see why I wouldn't do Bowen. Again, he's West Ham are at home, aren't they? And Wolves, as, as good as they've been defensively, you'd have to think that West Ham will at least try and score and Bowen usually has most of the shots. I wouldn't be surprised if Saar gets save bonus in this. I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet, but save bonus for Saar, probably shots for Bowen, so that's about equal. And then who do I think is more likely to win the match? Probably West Ham, so that's why I'll, yeah. go, I'll go Bowen. Um, but he might come out after that for um, for the next game, which is Burnley versus Leicester, where I'll either probably move to Madison. That's in my plan at, at the moment, but like you say, um, Burnley have turned heads and they've still I think they've still got extra games after this haven't they even if I'm if I'm not mistaken or maybe, maybe I've made that up it feels like I've had so many games added on top but in any case workhorse still looks, just looks like a decent option the strikers are so <laughs> poor if you're not on Broha then obviously having we've already discussed Kane or a son and then having Salah who's like a non-negotiable you've you kind of got a third slot there so workhorse kind of does the job doesn't he so yeah and obviously Leicester are so bad defensively that you could mm. you could run them run them ragged that day. Um, for me, I mean, I, I talked about this last week. I was I was looking at Harvey Barnes, thinking oh, he looks he looks pretty good again. He's mm. come back from injury. I think he got man of the match and a, a bonus or an assist the week before. Yeah, but I think he had a hamstring injury which kept him out of the game at the weekend. So that's kind of put he always, to he those always picks up these injuries. Barnes as uh, soon yeah, as he starts looking good, he he picks them up. Yeah. I mean, Leicester got Burnley and then they got Leeds immediately after, which massively appeals, doesn't it? I mean, Leicester versus yeah. Leeds must just ridiculous, like basically just attack and no defence for either team there. That could be anything. I think for me, I'll probably wait until the lineups on the first. If 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 Vardy is back and recovered, and and my understanding was that he was due back at, at any point. Yeah, I think he'll play. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so if he's if he's back and plays, then. I don't. I'm not saying I would go for Vardy, but I do think if Vardy was back, it might put me off going for Tielemans. Yeah, it takes Just the penalties away from him. As well, penalties yeah. often. Although yeah, Dakar yeah. and Inacio have taken them as well, I think. Well, certainly Inacio has. I don't. It's hard to know the order there because they've had so many chops and changes, and that's the point with Leicester. Is it's just. The formation changes, the personnel have changed, it's all over the place. But the one constant is when Vardy's fit, he plays and he takes the penalties. So he is he main he maintains as much as I <laughs> seem to have a terrible relationship with the guy, he just ends up being Leicester's best pick. Um 
you know it just it just makes sense and when you do look at their fixtures like I say Burnley Leeds Arsenal and I believe they've got extra fixture as well maybe to be put in maybe I've made that up again but I, I thought they did Burnley Leeds Arsenal yeah that's tough but um, you take that Brentford Man United again not particularly tough Palace Newcastle Villa like it's a nice run then they've got Spurs thrown in there Everton Watford Southampton to finish the season so you're on the ticker which I've got up in front of me there's only three red fixtures from now to the end of the season that being away to Arsenal away to Man United away to Tottenham I think I feel like I mean at least historically Vardy's performed well in those kind of games as well so it's not they're the kind of games where you counter attack and he's on the last man so he, he could get something in those as well so it is a nice fixture run yeah it just I don't know I think the problem with Leicester is that there aren't many players in that team you look at and think I could bring him in and he'll last me for the rest of the season I just, I just don't they're changing their team so frequently. They've got a lot of injuries. Rotation seems to be rife. They're still in the... Um, the Vardy will play them all, though, won't he? Obviously. If he's fit, you play them all. Is he going to be fit? That's my question. And, and then, equally, when he is fit, and I've had him in the past, he's just been a two-point match. Yeah. So, well, the one thing so... I will say about Vardy is when he's had a big rest, which seems to be basically the end of the season, after just being shambolic for the last 10 games... He seems to start the season on fire and then he eventually breaks down and then ends up being pretty poor. Now, I know he's been injured, but that's also technically a rest. Could you look at it that way, that he's had all this time to give his body time to recover in some some regards and he's just going to come back firing? I don't know. Whatever whatever I do with Vardy, just do the opposite. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if I bring it's him in, don't get him. It's an optimistic view. Although like, I'm hearing rumours that he's going to be back for that game. So yeah. it'll be uh, maybe we can do a live a live video that night. You can oh, you can try and convince everyone to jump in and join Young Vardy. He's, li- he's literally my Sky nemesis over the season. He's the player I've never <laughs> never really got right in Sky. Even in even in the season where he was fantastic, I think I had took me a while to warm to him, and I had Mares and I had Wes Morgan and stuff like that. But I still didn't want to bring myself to bring Vardy in. But yeah, he's my nemesis. Anyway, on that note, I don't think there's much more to discuss this than us. So if you're, if you're happy, should we call it there? Let's call it. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed that, guys. We've gone on a little bit longer this one. Uh, nearly, oh, just over an hour now. So we've been rabbiting on a bit too much. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, we shall catch you on the next one. And it's a bit difficult at the moment with the game weeks just seem to be spread across the entire week. But we shall try to fit in another one probably around the same time next week. Good luck for your game week. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you.